Mic check, 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 guys. Hey, guys. Welcome to another episode of the Chris Coca Podcast. If this is your first time here, you're welcome. If you always listen, please keep listening. As you know, we are here to demystify the era of the theses, accelerated change, overwhelming complexity, and tremendous competition. It's the last Sunday of July and the last day of the month. You've been through it, and I want to say congratulations to everybody. I mean, we have done seven over 12 by the grace of God. So, happy new month in advance to you. And today, we are wrapping up our series on faith and mental health. We started with understanding mental health, right down to coping with grief, and also sexual abuse, trauma. And we have discussed a lot today we are ending it with depression um i have a very lovely guest who wants to share her story of what it actually means or what it it feels to like go through it and how to cope with it so i have with me this this beautiful sunday matilda texan hi tilly how you doing hi richmond i'm doing I'm great. I'm awesome. Thanks so much. Uh, I just want to say thank you for making time for this podcast and thank you for wishing to share your journey with us in this month of uh, faith and mental health. Want people to know what it's actually about, how to cope. Maybe your story out there is going to tell somebody no matter what they are going through, they can be actually better, right? So thank you. Do you want to introduce yourself to my listeners? A little introduction. Um, okay, so my name is Matilda Marsha. Everybody knows me as Marsha. Um, I'm seeing my master's in creative art there. Yes, mental health a great passion of mine. That's why I chose to do this course. That's basically it. Okay, I think you're studying what creative therapy. Is that what you're studying? Matilda, can you hear me? Okay. Yeah, I can hear. I say, you, you said you are studying creative therapy, right? Creative. Creative arts therapy. Okay. Yeah, can you hear me? Yes, creative art therapy. Okay. Yeah, awesome. All right, so um, now let's so um, before we even start talking about depression, let's talk about the course. What is it about? I mean, enlighten me. I've not heard of it before. <laughs> okay, it's a basically a bridge between psychology and art. It's basically using different art forms like music, dance, poetry, drawing, all those stuff to create an unconventional therapy um session basically so yeah that's basically it's a brief overview okay what was the what was the inspiration to study creative arts therapy um so the very first thing was because of my experience with depression i wanted to find um a creative way of helping young adults and teenagers with mental health and i just thought instead of 
uh, there's a lot of stigma around going to see a psychiatrist or going to see um, a normal therapist in Ghana I think people see that as something for mentally unstable people did a bit of research together with my dad and came across creative art therapy and I it's a new field but also it's an amazing way of um, getting people to feel comfortable to talk about their mental health problems okay i see nice okay so we'll get to the details of your course later yeah so okay. uh, i'm sure you followed the series and yes, everything I and mental health and thank yes. you for i mean accepting again to come and talk about your story so i want oh, to it's a pleasure. Let's, let's go let's go through when did it start what were you battling and how did you like know you were battling something and we start digging into what you started doing, the healing process, or oh, is this cool? Okay, so basically, I think I can't pinpoint exactly when I, the depression started, but I think it started in class six when I was about 12 years old because um, my grandma got a stroke and my mom was the firstborn and the only one in Cape Coast so she had to take care of my grandma my brother had just gone to shs and then my dad used to travel a lot so i was alone a lot and i was a bit overweight so people used to make a lot of comments about my weight so i tend to eat and i kept gaining weight and it kept getting worse and worse so i think um the whole depression thing started as a way of like trying to find myself because you know at that age you're trying to find yourself you're trying to find things that work for you i didn't really have anyone guiding me along because everybody was so busy and i didn't open up because i didn't want to burden everybody being busy so i just kept to myself a lot and i think that's when it all started oh okay so keeping to yourself was when it all started so when did you like finally get to know i have a problem because i know the getting to that state of like awareness that i have a problem is when you can actually begin to work on a solution so when you come to see yourself say no i have a problem okay so that was in shs but i didn't want in SHS, I realized I actually needed help because I was getting a lot of mood swings. My hygiene was not the best. Um, I didn't feel motivated to do a lot of things. There were times where I'll just go, wouldn't really talk to anybody. So finally, in unit in level three hundred, I got suicidal, and I. I actually wrote a note and everything and I sent it to my best friend uh, one of my best friends Mamea and she told my dad about it or she told me she was going to tell my dad about it if I didn't so I sent it to him in contact the head of so that I got officially diagnosed in 2019, November of 2019, with clinical depression and bipolar depression. Yeah. Wow. 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 So, okay. Um, getting 
I mean, within that stage of getting like diagnosed or uh, with is it clinical depression and bipolar depression? Yes, depression. Yes. All right. Can you please ex- like give 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 us understanding what the meaning of clinical since like it is what you were going through? Like, what is it? Okay, so clinical depression is basically the state where you don't have any motivation to do. I'm experiencing layman's language. So you basically don't have motivation to do anything. Um, you realize that you're at a state where you're not yourself. You're just living life and going through the emotions of life, but you're not necessarily experiencing life. And bipolar depression is when um, really, really high highs and really low lows in the sense that one moment you can have an extreme burst of energy, you'll be the life of the party and everything. Next moment, you do not want to be around anybody. You do not want to talk. You do not want to do anything at all. You feel drained. You feel like the whole world is ending, basically. Wow. Okay. Oh, okay. Okay, cool. So yeah. you not feeling like doing anything and you having peak moments, like everything, you're either in the peak or you're in the valley. All right. Yes. So now um, getting diagnosed is now first thing. Now you became aware of what you were actually going through, right? Yes. So yes. initially you mentioned that um, it was because people were laughing at you um, or were body shaming you. That's why like you initially like were gradually moving into depression right that was like the main cause okay so it it came as a result of of that so now that you have you were diagnosed how do you now begin to accept yourself and start the healing process okay so basically when i was first diagnosed i was okay with clinical depression and then a psychiatrist hits me with bipolar depression and the first thing that came to mind was um by you know bipolar people are considered very mentally unstable they are considered as um manic basically so before pardon me i've worked with a couple before yes so when i got when i got that diagnosis i was in disbelief i didn't want to believe it because i was like "Ah." I'm not like that, so why am I being diagnosed with bipolar depression? But I did a lot of reading and came to understand it. So the first step in healing for me was coming to terms with the diagnosis. Because if you don't come to terms with it, you're not going to feel motivated to do anything about it. So the first step for me was coming to terms with it. And then the second step for me was actually taking my medication. So I sta- I started taking my medication and then I started getting better. Finding motivation, little things. I started finding happiness in a lot of things. And my mom is a counselor, so I talked to her a lot. And she helped me realize that. She hit. So you're going to overthink and get into the state. So, so you come up with a routine and came up with a routine. When I wake up in the morning, I lay in my bed. 
I do my quiet time. I find like before I went to work, and then when I was in my national service, like this, I used to wake up, go on a walk, and find things to be grateful for. Like, oh, I woke up this morning. I could breathe. I woke up this morning. My legs are working fine. I woke up this morning, I could see. So you tend to find gratefulness in the little things. You tend to appreciate the things around you. And most importantly, in your healing process, you need to find someone to talk to. Whether it's a therapist or whether it's someone you can be confident in talking to, you need to find... Yeah, don't make your thoughts. We have um, something called automatic thoughts. Automatic thoughts are always negative. For example, you're trying to learn and it's you're not understanding. First thoughts, a depressed mind will probably come out. So you need to come up with things to contradict those negative thoughts. So you just find happiness in little things, get a routine, talk to someone. That those are the things I did. Wow. You have taught me something new i today i'm learning a lot first of all creative <laughs> um art therapy now yes automatic thoughts I'm, I'm just writing it right now so i'm sure you hear some things <laughs> moving around listeners i hope you are you are learning a lot like automatic thought this is not even for only those in depression or those yes. struggling with like um yes. illnesses i mean illness is just more about you being aware of your thoughts and also finding like counter ways to hit them you know in august i'm coming up with like more episodes on like your thought process and like self-esteem and or and you've already started giving us the hits i love that anyway so the next thing i want to ask um you said you became suicidal right yes what triggered it and and how did you talk yourself out of it finally okay so what my family was um a state of chaos sort of because my grandma felt sick she was in a coma for eight months and she had to be moved to my and i used to go to kumasi every other week because i wanted to be part of um the healing process i didn't want to have any regrets if she passed away and finally in february and i started feeling guilty because i have this coping mechanism which is not good i'm still working something is happening happening i i decide to not um I just finally passed out because we I was named after my grandmother. My it's in a very, very, very. And as hard, and my grades were going downhill. And I just remember one day the results came out, and I think I had two resets. And I was just thinking, <laughs> so what's the meaning of life? Like, why, why am I doing the right thing? Because it seems like 
I'm not making any progress anyway. Like, I couldn't even be there for my own grandmother. And one thing I realized about me is once one negative thought comes and I entertain it, a whole strain of negative thoughts come. It's like, with me, it's like I'm having an internal conversation with myself. Like, I'll say something and then out of nowhere, a response will come. So, that day, I was just like, to do this life thing anymore so my it wasn't a suicide note but i wrote reasons why i didn't want to live basically okay. and then i was in tears like i i was and my dad called me and he wasn't in ghana at the time and i didn't want my mom to worry so i didn't tell my mom about it immediately but eventually she found out and i went to see the therapist so the first dealing with the suicidal thoughts was I made sure I wasn't alone um, I was I made sure like I didn't I okay before I actually got the help I start I actually started cutting I used to cut myself on my thighs so I was too chicken to do it on my hand because in as much as I was suicidal I was like <laughs> hey if I die <laughs> like <laughs> like, it's over you <laughs> it's yeah, exactly so even though like i was suicidal a part of me was like hey Charlie, if you die Charlie. <laughs> so i used to instead of my hand and then okay. one day i just stopped because i was like at me i'm a soft girl i don't like pain so i just found other coping mechanisms i fell in love with writing if you come if you take my phone right now and you open my notes i have so many things there i fell in love with writing so if i feel the urge to cut or i feel the urge to harm myself i go to writing i write down how i'm feeling and if it scares me enough I, my mom or to my dad or someone but if it if it doesn't scare me then i'm like okay i'm okay so in taking my medication i spoke to the therapist about it and i started taking my medication and the medication actually helps with all of that it helps with the depressive thoughts it helps with the suicidal thoughts and etc yeah all right all right all right so when, when did you start finding motivation what was motivating you to now live instead of not die okay so the funny thing is when you start healing healing is not linear it's not like okay i've decided to um be better so i love that healing is going... not linear yes it's... sorry for cutting you back oh don't worry about <laughs> it <laughs> so you realize that you're not always going to have sunny days that's one thing i think people need to realize sunny because even though it's been three years and I'm constantly taking my medication, I had a major breakdown um, on 1st July. It was so bad that I had to go home because I couldn't stay in the room. I knew that if I stayed in the room, I would do something to help myself. So I went to my auntie's place and as I was going, the driver was looking at me like I was mad because I was crying in the back seat of the Uber. <laughs> I was really crying. And when I got home, my cousin came to hug me. And as soon as she hugged me, I started crying all over again. And that experience just made me 
in three years that doesn't mean that every day i wake up and it's going to be okay there are days where you honestly feel like doing nothing like i have those days sometimes i wake up and i don't even want to go for lectures but the difference is how you decide to heal how you decide to um, fight those thoughts so what i do is i wake up i don't feel like going for lectures and i'm like hey but if you don't go for lectures how you help people so then i decide to find counter thoughts to um to counter those negative thoughts i'm having or if it's a really bad day i'll call my mom i'm like mommy today is not a good day then she starts talking to me trying to find out what exactly so it's not always like you're going to have motivation you're always going to feel like okay i'm healing there are some days where you honestly don't want to even get out of bed there are some days where you wonder if life is actually worth it but it all depends on how you decide to deal with those emotions wow healing is not linear we have automatic thoughts so i I think the episode title will be healing is not linear with matilda texan i I love that (laughs) i've got my title for today yeah so um thank you for telling us that healing is not linear because i believe we're in a generation where everybody feels everything should happen from class one you go to class two from class two you go to class three Mm-hmm. Um, one thing my priest always told me is like whenever you're struggling with something two steps forward one step backward is still progress i have kept that with myself that even no matter what i'm struggling with once like i know i've moved two steps forward and even if i come back one step backward you have still made progress it's just that we may think progress is exactly. something you just wake up and you just move awesome now so um but even yeah even when you take and two steps forward and you take two steps backwards i think that's still still progress progress because even though you are back at where you started you've learned some how to move forward next yeah i still think even if you take two steps forward and even a thousand steps backward it's still progress yes yeah but the goal is not to give up on yourself right exactly yes all right so now um how how was your support system like i see you've mentioned your dad your mom your best friend how was the support system like my it was amazing because my whole family i my whole family my best friends mamaya uh, and mamaya kia they are all always there for me like i can text or call my mom or anyone at any time and um they'll respond or even if they don't respond immediately once they see the message they get concerned and they actually help me through it and um that's one thing in um healing you need a good support system even if it's just one person or it's two people you need a support system you can't do it on your own and not to say some of my friends were not supportive i told one of my friends i was depressed and the first thing he said was ah, it's a spiritual attack are you sure it's not all in your head <laughs> and i was like how can you tell me something like this because if i came to you and i told you i had malaria so it's a spiritual attack so why is it some days where i tell people about how i'm feeling and they're like 
all in your head or something and even though i have a really good support system they are not always going to tell you what you want to hear yeah. there are some days where oh i'm not having a good day and i expect her to say oh i'm so sorry like but she'll tell me forget forget exactly <laughs> It's not always you are going to hear what you want to hear. So if yeah. you go with the mentality that your support system should always back your decisions, should always ginger you on in the way you feel, you are honestly going to be very disappointed. Because sometimes your support system is there to, quote and unquote, slap sense into your head. So in the, in the, in the state where you are being irrational, your support mind because technically you're not thinking right so that's what your support system is there to do yeah. okay oh nice 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 okay so i i, I thank you for being very honest that our support system we, we you see people feel the fact that you're going through something means your best friend should be there for you like the way you think you'll be there for yourself mm-hmm. at the end of the day i've realized in life you need to show up for yourself like people can help like one thing thing my dad told me was even when god was sending manna from heaven right mm-hmm. it did not fall in people's stomachs you had yeah. to go and get it and eat yourself mm-hmm. so, at the end of the day life is just like that yeah even though you have good people to support you people will journey with you we are all going to get the manna and everything at the end of the day it is still it boils down to you how will you feed yourself how will you strengthen yourself so mm-hmm. i thank you for bringing that up because that expectation or too much dependence on support system can even also make your condition worse but coming to the realization exactly. that they may not always be there for you but they are there for you so that you at the end of the day you know how you have to take care of yourself awesome awesome exactly. i love i love the point and you even given now that. i feel like yeah. um I still, just as you said, I still have that problem sometimes. Like sometimes when I tell people, like in the moments that I'm depressed or in the moment where I'm not in a good mood and then I tell like my friends or my parents about how I hear what I need to hear. In that moment, sometimes I'm like, ah, but if it was me, this, this, this. But when I a better mood and I think about it, I'm like, you need to realize that nobody is going to be there for you like yourself. A body. <laughs> nobody, exactly. So I feel like you need to lower your expectations of people because otherwise it's just going to add on to your condition. You're just going to pity, wallow in pity. People are not always there for me the way I'm there for them and all of that. So I feel like you need to lower your expectations and be there for you like nobody else can because that's the best gift you can give yourself. Wow. Hey, today you are dropping. Be there for yourself <laughs> like nobody can because that's the best gift you're giving to yourself. Let me type it. <laughs> Remind me after the episode. Be there for yourself like nobody else because that's the best gift you can give to yourself. So now um, it's been three years, 2019, 2020, 2021, 22. Uh, and how would you say you are doing right now? Um, How am I doing? Yeah. <laughs> I'm, okay. um, I'm doing the best really? I can okay. I'm trying not to beat myself up really? as much because it's not a linear journey as I said earlier there are some days where yeah. you'll be down and all but the best thing you can do is just take it one day at a time 
because I realized that um, when you think about the future as the future, yeah. it, it makes your condition worse. You end up panicking, getting panic attacks, thinking you're not doing the right thing. So you just take it one day at a time. And I try not to compare myself with anybody because yeah. everybody's journey is different. Everybody's journey is different. We may be two depressed people, maybe diagnosed at the same time, but one person may get better faster than I will. That doesn't mean that I won't get better. So I try not to compare myself with people as well and take it one day at a time. Mm-hmm. And yeah, basically. I, I love that. I love that. I love that. I love that. Taking it one day at a time, not comparing yeah. yourself. I mean, the social media too much. You feel like everybody's making it except you. Mm-hmm. So, thank you for hitting that out. For... Yeah, and one thing my mom always says is, if you're taking it one day at a time and it seems like it's too much for you, take it one hour at a time. If it's if one hour at a time is too much, take it a minute at a time. And sometimes I think about it and I realize it's actually really if you're taking it one day at a time and it's too overwhelming for you, just break it down to a time frame or whatever seems best for you. Can't even take it as a second at a time. There's nobody rushing you in life so if one day at a time is too much take it one hour at a time if that's too much take it a minute at a time okay well all right lovely take it one day at a time if it is too much take it one hour at a time if it is too much take it one minute at a time if it is too much a second (laughs) at a time (laughs) if it is too much Sleep. <laughs> a nanosecond at a time. <laughs> a nanosecond at a time. Yeah. Oh, this is this is amazing. I, I think I've learned a lot. This is amazing. So, um, Tilly, I thank you for like um doing this. Anything like telling us your journey. So, what will you say? Uh, like, um, for anyone going through it right now, some may not even be depression, but people are like, right now, I was telling my friend, most of us are experiencing midlife crisis <laughs> because exactly. after school life is slapping you left, right, too. Mm-hmm. So, what would you tell to someone like going through it this year? See, this year has been tough for like. I, really I know people that this year has been crazy. Even me, mm-hmm. <laughs> it is one day at a time we are living. I think now I've moved to one one hour at a time. Like, <laughs> serious? Oh. <laughs> so, like something like this, what would you tell to anyone going through it and needing that kind of like push? Um, and then some people may be feeling down. They don't want to like do it again but that kind of push what would you say to them okay what i would say is it's cliche but you will be fine <laughs> it's it's cliche but me i'm tired of you be fine though. <laughs> i look at i was three years ago and i look at where i am now and yeah and I'm always there. You can see my socials. You can add my socials. I'm always there if you want. It's not just possible to share my story and be there for people. So even if you just send me a message. So um, you'll be fine. Just take it one day at a time and try and talk to someone. One hour. If you need the help, 
try and talk to someone if you're not getting it from people who are around you you can just reach out because I feel like device by And another thing is, since it's faith and mental health, I think prayer actually also works. You can talk to God like you're talking to your friend, like you're talking to your boyfriend. We can ever have. So just pray about it. And by thinking I'm a certain age, I have to have done this by this time. It's 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 unnecessary stress on yourself. <laughs> Honestly, yeah. Because I look at myself and I have mates that are getting married, and here I am <laughs> doing my masters. There are people who are also sitting somewhere, thinking, "Oh, I haven't been able to do my masters," but they are working. Like if you look at different different situations, you realize that there are people who would want what you have the same others have. So don't pressurize yourself too much you're doing amazing by moving at your own pace so just move at your keep telling yourself you're doing amazing and do positive affirmations not feeling okay Uh stand in the mirror and say what i'm losing you If you're not feeling okay, stand in the mirror and say, I am well able. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I am blessed and highly favored. I am beautiful. I am handsome. I am more, I have greatness in me. Right? So you're doing amazing. And you're doing amazing by moving at your own pace, listeners. I'm sure you know what I'm doing because we have lost T. <laughs> But yeah, that's like what TV Shrink tell us. And for me, this episode is going to be titled Healing is Not Linear. And I know Tilly has dropped a lot of points for us, especially through her journey, what it means to go through it right from the beginning. Her support system, not putting too much expectations on people. I think that's very key. And also the need to take life one day at a time. If it is too much for you, one hour at a time if it is too much Tilly is back uh, Tilly like you were giving us your final piece for our listeners please give it to us and let's go um, I was just saying I don't know you'll be fine all right all right awesome <laughs> all right so uh listeners thank Hello. you very much for yeah listeners i hope you today i don't know there's a lot of hitches in the background but don't worry it's part of the podcast so um thank you for following through this episode healing is not linear with matilda Texas and Matilda, Matilda, it was great having you um, sharing these things with us. I've learned a lot. I hope to have you again on the podcast sometime soon. I mean, we can just 
I mean, any topic, since you say you are a writer, I'll reach out to you and we'll see what's up. So, okay. once again, thank you very much, our listeners. Thank you to our guest, our amazing guest, uh, Matilda, for sharing your journey with us and encouraging us on this journey. Listeners, as you know, we are here to demystify the era of the three C's accelerated change, overwhelming complexity, tremendous competition. Take life one day at a time, right? Happy new month to everybody. I wish you the very best in August. I wish you the very best in your life and whatever you're going through. My check. Bye, guys.